All right, guys, welcome in. It is Brad with College Sportscast. So far, I'm here to do our college game day pickums, and we'll see if anybody else joins us here in a little bit. guys welcome back it's brad with college sportscast here to do our game day pickums this is week 17 of the season and right now it's just me we got the holidays everything's kind of all out of sorts right now um, we just watched louisville and kentucky so there's a lot going on but i want to start out by putting this up on the screen um, if you are following us on Facebook, you can now support us by sending us stars on Facebook. Um, sending stars helps us earn money to make more content. So there you go. Want to put that up on the screen for you guys to start out with. That is only a Facebook thing, by the way. But uh, welcome in. It's College Sportscast Game Day Pick'em. And we are sponsored by um, Homefield Apparel. You can go to homefieldapparel.com. It will be scrolling on the bottom of the screen there. They have cool vintage premium collegiate apparel. You can use our code CSCAST for a 15% discount. There's over 180 teams, 180 teams that you can choose from. And they've got really cool. Um, retro logos, mascots, um, throwback teams, lots of different stuff there that you can that you can choose from. We are uh, featured by the fanboys and on, on Let's Talk Sports and WSBN TV, and all of that is scrolling. Daniel Berry Sports, I appreciate you um, being on here with me. Appreciate that. Um, it is the Christmas season. There is a lot of stuff going on. I will say that there's a lot of stuff going on with Oregon State and Washington State trying to position themselves to save the Pac-12. They have a two-year um, grace period to get back to eight teams. They have already... Uh, made an agreement for football with the Mountain West Conference for scheduling for next year, possibly in 2025 as well. And they are in talks and close to an agreement with the West Coast Conference for two years for uh, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, as well as most Olympic sports. Uh, baseball and football are not part of that with the uh, West Coast Conference, and they do not have 
track and field and swimming, I think, as far as Olympic sports. So, but that's a little bit of news. Um, I'm going to dive right into bowl games. We got a whole bunch of bowl games to cover. Uh, I think there is 18 bowl games between now and next Thursday night. So that's what I'm going to uh, cover tonight, mainly. Um, at the end, I'll talk a little bit about college basketball, but there's really not a lot going on over the Christmas season over the next few days. So uh, there's really not a lot to cover when it comes to college basketball. After tonight, you had Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky winning 95-76 in that game at um, the uh, Yum Center, KFC Yum Center. So uh, the first game I'm going to talk about is the Gasparilla Bowl. we got two six and six teams, Georgia Tech and UCF in this one. Um, Georgia Tech has, you know, rebounded from firing their coach early last year um, and – and bringing the interim back as the head coach this time, and you know they're they're six and six, make, making a bowl game for the first time in a few years. UCF went to the pack, went to the Big Twelve this year, and finished six and six as well. Some of these spreads are going to consider some of the opt outs and transfers and all that. UCF. Um, is favored four and a half in this game. You know, I don't follow these enough to know who all is not playing in these games. So, um, you know, all of these teams and all of this stuff, I really don't know. So I'm just going to kind of go through here and kind of and kind of guess on some of this stuff because some of these spreads – you look at it and you're like, there's no way that should happen. But anyway, in this game, um, Georgia Tech from the ACC, uh, Central Florida now from the Big 12 um, in the Gasparilla Bowl. It is played tomorrow night. I believe this one is played tomorrow night on Friday. Uh, there's one bowl game tomorrow night, and that is this one. I think I'm going to take – you know, this Georgia Tech team, come on, I think played a, a whole lot better than what they were given credit for. And I'm just not sure about UCF, it's where Gus Malzahn is. And I'm not sure if they've got the quarterback back now or not. But in this game, I think... I think I'm going to take Georgia Tech in the four and a half points in this one. Um, and then there's about six or seven games on Saturday. One of them is the Birmingham Bowl. And this is one of them that in the middle of the season, you would have thought there's no way that Troy is favored over Duke. Troy versus Duke in this one. Um, Troy won the Sun Belt Conference title. They have lost their coach, but um, I'm I'm almost certain that he is coaching and keeping his team together. They do not have any opt-outs or anything. And Duke has a ton, ton of loss 
off of this seven and five team from the ACC. They lost their head coach, Mike Elko, to Texas A&M. Um, they have lost their quarterback uh, to um, Notre Dame. He transferred. Riley Leonard transferred to Notre Dame. And as far as I know, they have lost a bunch more on top of that. And that is the reason why Troy is favored by seven in this game. And I'm actually going to take Troy in this one. Um, John Summerall has done an absolute stellar job at Troy in two years. He's 23 and four with two conference titles and is moving on to Tulane. He was hired as, at Tulane. He, he is moving on there to coach the Green Wave after this bowl game. Um, it's, of course, the Birmingham Bowl in Birmingham, and it is kind of in their backyard. And I figure Troy is going to have a pretty good crowd for this one. So give me Troy in the seven points. All right. The next game I'm going to talk about is Arkansas State versus Northern Illinois. Um, Arkansas State is a three-point favorite in the Camilla Bowl. That is that is this one that, that I'm talking about here. So Arkansas State has had some up and downs. Um, you know, and I really don't know that much about Northern Illinois, so I'm going to take Arkansas State in this one and take the three points. This is one that I really can't talk about a whole lot because these are kind of um, two lower-tier teams that I really don't know a ton about. I do know Arkansas State has played some some big games, got drilled in some of them, um, but – I think I'm going to take Arkansas, Arkansas State and the three points in this one. The next game is the Armed, Fo Armed Forces Bowl, and we've got James Madison making their bowl debut in this one. They are a two-point favorite over Air Force. Air Force is eight and four. James Madison is eleven and one, and ranked. Um. Air Force was 8-0 and lost their quarterback and lost their last four. I do not know if he's going to be back in this game. If their quarterback is back in this game and they, um, you know, have held their team together, I would think with the Air Force they probably have. Um, if it, if the quarterback is back, I think this would could be a really good game to watch on Saturday, James Madison versus Air Force. You know, I'm going to give it to James Madison in this game. They have proven it all year long. Um, they made the bowl game despite really not being eligible. They they just come up a couple of years ago and really aren't eligible, but they needed to fill some bowl spots, and this is one of the teams that uh, got to do that. So this is their very first time being in a bowl game, and I think I'm going to take James Madison and take the two points. All right, the next one I'm going to talk about, These, this is a Saturday game as well, Idaho Potato Bowl, and it makes me hungry. Uh, you know, 
I throw stuff in there every once in a while. We got Georgia State versus Utah State in this game. Um, Utah State is a Mountain West team, and they are favored by a point and a half in this game. Georgia State, the first six or seven games of the year, was winning games that I thought they would lose. Um, and then the wheels kind of come off late, and they played a tougher schedule. Um, Utah State is kind of in the mid, you know, from mid to upper pack of the Mountain West. Um, and But I'm going to give it to them in the one – in the – a point and a half, take the uh, – give the point and a half um, for the Utah State in the Idaho Potato Bowl. All right. And then the next one is the 68 Ventures Bowl. This game, South Alabama is favored over Eastern Michigan by 17. Sounds like an awful lot in a bowl game, especially with teams that with you know that are uh, lower tier tiered teams. I, it just sounds like a lot to cover. So give me Eastern Michigan. Um, I, I know South Alabama played a, a couple of games against some some top tier teams and and struggled in those, uh, but. You know, that's playing top-shelf teams. So, but I'm going to take Eastern Michigan. It just seems like an awfully big spread in this one to me. So, give me Eastern Michigan. Now, this one, the Las Vegas Bowl. This one is also played on Saturday. We've got Utah, a six-point favorite over Northwestern. First, Utah is eight and four out of the Pac-12. Uh, Northwestern is out of the Big Ten. This is probably one of the first, you know, power conference bowl games. Um, and um, Utah is the two-time before this year, two-time defending Pac-12 champs. They played without um, Rising, their quarterback Cam Rising, all season long this year. Um, they've had some quarterbacks leave, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on out there. Northwestern, after all they started the season with, they finished the season seven and five, guys. Like the, the coach did an absolute, they had one win last year and had a um, swirl of stuff going on, and their coach got fired. Fitzgerald got fired before the season, right before the season, and had a lot to deal with. And he's done – their coach now has done a heck of a job. I, I don't know if he's gotten a full-time gig yet or not, but, goodness, he should um, after what they've done. I'm going to take Utah. Utah has a heck of a defense. Um, they're favored by six in this one. They, I think, have the one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 um, they have had, they've had the best, I think, the last three or four years. Um, and they definitely still have one of the best this year. So give me, give me the Utes in this game and the six points. And the last one on Saturday is Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina versus 
San Jose State in the Hawaii Bowl. This is one, the spread is San Jose State is a nine-point favorite over Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina has had um, Graham McCall the last couple of years that has played really well, um, but he's transferred to Notre Dame for next semester. So, and, and they've lost a couple of other. I'm going to guess that that's the reason why this spread is a nine-point spread in favor of San Jose State. Otherwise, I would think that it would at least be closer, if not Coastal Carolina being the favorite. Um, San Jose State is a pretty good team out in the Mountain West. So I'm going to take them in this simply because I don't think McCall's going to play. So um, I, I think that's what I want to do in this one. And then this one, the Quick Lane Bowl, um, these are played next Tuesday after Christmas. Christmas Eve and Christmas is Sunday and Monday. These games are played next Tuesday, the Quick Lane Bowl, Bowling Green versus Minnesota. Minnesota is one of the only teams with a sub-500 record. They're 5-7. and seven. Still favored three and a half points coming out of the Big Ten over Bowling Green. I'm probably going to take them in this game. It's a game they probably should win by three and a half points. So uh, PJ um, Black is is got to get his guys going here and and out of the Big Ten and and get them a win in the Quick Lane Bowl next Tuesday. All right. Then we got the first responder bowl, Texas State versus Rice. These are both Texas teams. It's kind of interesting. Texas State um, has Auburn's old quarterback, and Rice has JT Daniels. So um, Finley from is Texas State quarterback, TJ Finley that was at Auburn, and Rice has JT Daniels. Um, and they're both Texas teams. This is a pretty big rivalry. Um, Rice has played pretty good this year. Texas State has two. Texas State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite here in this game. Um, you know, part of me wants to take Rice in the five-and-a-half points in this game because they hung tough with some really good teams this year and Texas state won a couple of games early that I don't think they should have won either. Um, but I think I'm going to take rice in the five and a half points in this game. Robert Rhodes. What's up? I'm going solo tonight. It looks like I appreciate you being on here with me. Just wanted to check my chat real quick. All right. So the next bowl game, this is on two, next Tuesday as well. Kansas takes on UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. 
Um, Kansas is a 12 and a half point favorite over UNLV. Now UNLV's nine and four. Uh, Barry Odom done an excellent job in his first season out there. They got beat in the um, Mountain West championship game. They were in the championship game versus Boise State. And um, you know he's done he's done a, a well of a job to be honest with you. Barry Odom has out there, but I, I you know I would think Kansas and Leopold would have his guys ready for this and go in and be able to win by a couple of touchdowns or more. So I'm going to take Kansas. You just don't know um, with some of these bigger teams like this how you know. I don't know what the effects of the transfer portal has been, what the effects of maybe opt-outs and, and NFL draft uh, de declare, declares and stuff. I really don't know a, a lot about all that with Kansas, but um, I'm going to take them in this one. And then the next four are next Wednesday – which is going to be the 27th. So we have the Military Bowl, Virginia Tech versus Tulane. Um, Tulane is ranked one of the top teams in the country. They did get beat in their championship game, the last game out. Virginia Tech out of the ACC. This spread, I'm going to take Tulane. Tulane bounced, you know, and won the USC in the Sugar Bowl last year. Um, I think it was the Sugar Bowl or Cotton. I don't know. It was, it was the uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. I know that. Uh, but anyway, just off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember what it was, but they bounced USC in um, the New Year in a New Year's Six Bowl last year. I don't know if you heard that, but something crashed. All right, it, but I'm going to take Tulane and, and take these ten and a half points in this game in the Military Bowl. Then we got the Duke Mayo Bowl. This is the bowl game. Um, we've got ACC versus the Big 12. We got UNC versus West Virginia. West Virginia is a six and a half point favorite in this game. North Carolina's like eight and four. West Virginia's eight and four. So, but I still don't think this spread would be that. Uh, my guess is Drake May is not playing. I mean, he's predict, projected to be a, a top one, two, three pick in the draft. I'm going to assume that he's not playing in this Duke Mayo Bowl um, for UNC, and that might be why we see the spread at six and a half. I'm going to take West Virginia in this. Um, Neil Brown has done a heck of a job to get them to eight and four this year and, and had a really good season there. So I'm going to take uh, the Mountaineers in this game. 
All right, the next one. Again, this is next Wednesday. The next one is the Holiday Bowl. And the Holiday Bowl is Louisville versus Southern Cal, USC. This ought to be a pretty fun game. Of course, USC has a bunch of people who are transferred out. They have several people who are not playing and going to the NFL draft, including Caleb Williams. I think that's why you see a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in, as far as Louisville in this game. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect in this game. If this was the regular season midway through and, and I was looking at this game, Louisville versus USC, I would take USC in a heartbeat in this game. But I, something tells me to take Louisville in this game. Um, I think USC is going to be without a whole lot. So something tells me to take USC in this spot. I'm not exactly sure um, what, what like leads me to that, other than I think you're going to see USC like just half-manned. You're not going to see them near at full strength. Um, so I'm I, I'm going to go with Louisville and give me the seven and a half points. And I got Hammonds to join me now. What's up, Hammonds? Buddy, I forgot all about it. I got I got tired away watching something on a foot, something about like a documentary. And I'm thinking, I, I got a podcast going on right now. <laughs> like, I, I just forgot about it, man. I don't know. I, you just sit uh, there. We, and watched you, the, we watched the Kentucky game and then, yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna be like you. I'm gonna be like you on this one. Uh, USC's got a lot of guys out. Um, I think Louisville. I think they win this game. I think it will be closer than people expect, though, because USC still got some decent players out there. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Louisville will be up. Will be more up for this game than USC will be, honestly, because Caleb Williams is not playing. Um, I think Relique Brown's not going to be there. There's a lot of guys out for USC, so there's a lot. They're um, they're missing a lot of guys to be. They, honest. they really are, and and I think USC I'm going to take Louisville. Is. I think I'm going to take Louisville on the seven points. I think so. that's why why you see Louisville as a seven and a half point favorite too. Yeah, it's because because they're missing a lot of guys. So they are in this. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> this one again is next Wednesday. Um, this is the Texas Bowl. This is SEC versus Big 12. We got Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State finished second in the Big 12 this year. They were in the Big 12 championship game. Um, I think they wind up, they lost that game. So I think they're nine and four. Texas A&M mm -hmm. is seven and five out of the SEC. Texas A&M is a two-point favorite here now john i mean you know I, I told people we've been talking you know so i told people you know i don't know all the ins and outs of who's playing and who's not who's transferred you know what i mean who's going to the nfl so yeah you know some of these you just kind of have to take a stab at and just kind of guess but um 
this, even though this is probably going to be um, games where um, you're going to have a lot of guys out, I think this is still going to be fun. Um, you know, Texas A&M has got a new coach, um, Mike Elko, and this is going to be a chance for some of these players to get in front of him and, and play and see what see what he's got coming next year. Um, in, in my opinion, um, it's it's more or less an audition if you want to be honest about it. And you know, the thing about it is, is Oklahoma State to me has been really inconsistent the last month of the season. They they've not really played good football at all. And and we don't even I don't even know if Ollie Gordon's playing. Um, I'm not even sure if he's playing or going to the NFL. I haven't even heard. Um, but I believe this game will be decided late. It'll be a close game because you know Big Twelve SEC they always match up pretty good in the in the bowl games. So um, I think giving me Texas A and M, um, I think they win this game. Um, I think they cover the spread. I just the inconsistencies of Oklahoma State kind of worry me in a game like this because they haven't played really I mean, well down the stretch. I get it, but Texas A&M has lost a lot in the transfer portal. Um, I don't I, – I can't imagine that Elko's getting to coach this game because he wasn't part of this semester. I don't think he is either, You know, so I can't imagine he's getting to coach this game. He might be, all, he might be there, but – and they have lost a lot in the transfer portal. Um, they're one of the teams that's probably lost the most talent. They've lost several five-stars, several four-stars. I don't know how many of them's playing. I don't know how many of them's not playing. You but you yeah. can still be in the transfer portal and play because you finished this semester. So I don't know, you know, so I'm going to take Oklahoma State and Gundy, I think, in this game just simply because I don't really know. Well, you don't, and and right now it's a um, there's just a lot of if ands or buts and candy nuts. We'd all have a merry Christmas, you know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> so many people, <laughs> there's so many players out. You know, you look at tonight, Syracuse has got a tight end playing quarterback. Like, you know, some of the that's depth. Why I, is- that's why I had my little rant the other night about how this has got to change. All this. All this transfer portal stuff before the bowl games is ridiculous. It's it's got to get better to to a degree where they they give them an opportunity that after these bowl games that right as soon as it's the bowl not, games are over you you drop it and you and you start open the portal. You give them about how you have to you know you I give was them about, you give them about thirty days. Days. What do you do? Give them about thirty days. Yeah. About 30 days. We were kind of cutting in and out the other night, but I was trying to tell you, imagine if right before March Madness, they just open the damn transfer portal and like half the players leave and we don't even know who's – I mean, imagine if they did that. The biggest difference in college football and college basketball, I I tell people all the time, if, if that happened before March Madness, is you might not even have enough players to play. In basketball, you'd be you'd be playing walk-ons in March Madness. Um, Technically, if you're playing a tight end at your quarterback position, you don't really have enough players to play, do you? No, you, you really the depth. The, it's it's a depth factor 
Especially when I mean, like, I mean, come on, Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky had to be uh, plead and beg with their third string quarterback to come and play because they didn't have anybody else. Here, here's the difference, though. Like you got all these games with the portal, but all in all. The only games that's really going to matter in the in the grand scheme of things is the playoff games, because they're playing for something. I mean, I get that, but I still think it's just asinine, in my opinion, to I, open I, the transfer. I agree with you. I agree with you. Before, I'm all right. You know, before these bowl games, and I was trying to say that the other night, and we were kind of well. I agree with you, and I think as soon as the bowl games are over, you hit it, and you and you make it a thirty day. You make it a 30-day thing where it's a 30-day limit, and then you shut the yep. portal down for a couple of days, and then you go right back to the portal because right now it's a free-for-all, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it needs fixed something it, off. It does. I agree with you. If you ask me. All right. So that is um, Wednesday's games. These games, the next four are next Thursday's games. Um, a week from today, mm -hmm. that's when these games are. We got the Fenway Bowl. We got SMU versus Boston College. SMU is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I like SMU in this game. I, I like their running game. Um, they're going to get um, a backup. Kevin Jennings is going to start for SMU. Um, I think they had they had a few guys that was in the portal as well. Um, to me, I feel like this is a win or lose your job type situation for Hadley for Boston College. Um, I, I know he went to a bowl game. I know he's he's been on thin ice at Boston College. But I feel like that if he was to, you know, win this game, they might give him one more year. Um, I, it's been an up and down um, – you know, year for Hadley, especially the last couple of years of Boston College. So um, I think this, yeah. to me, this, it's a win or lose situation for me. But I still think they give him one more year to figure it out. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked either way if he did, if he did lose, that they ended up moving on to somebody else. But I got SMU in this game. I just think SMU has too much offense in this game. They still got some playmakers out there. Um, and I just think they'll they'll cover the ten and a half. I just don't think BC has enough firepower to win this game. So. Yeah, I am all on board with the Mustangs. Um, just just so y'all know, some of my very first big college football memories are from the Pony Express in the early eighties, mid eighties. Yes, sir. Um, I, I absolutely fell in love with a running back by the name of Eric Dickerson yes, a long sir. time ago. Um, and I you know who, just, you know who his, you know who his sidekick was, don't you? Craig James. Craig James, yeah. I absolutely yes. fell in love with a running back by the name of Eric Dickerson, and I'm not even making this up at all. Um he was drafted by the Rams, and that's the reason why to this day the Rams are my second favorite team 
And the whole reason for that is because of Eric Dickerson. Um, I absolutely loved to watch him run. So I'm going to ride the Pony Express and I'm taking the Mustangs <laughs> in this one. So give me the 10 and a half points on this one, too. People probably nowadays are like, what the hell is he talking about? Pony Express. <laughs> All right. So this game is pretty much even. We got the pinstripe bowl. We got Rutgers versus Miami. And yeah. I saw one, I saw one thing that said it was a, a half a point favorite by Miami. But mm -hmm. I mean, come on. That's that means it's even. Well, Jacuri <laughs> Brown. Is going to play for Miami. Um, Alex Van Dyke is in the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, my biggest my biggest question is is can Rutgers defensive line create some turnovers with an inexperienced quarterback playing for Miami? That's the biggest key to this game, I think. Um, you know, they averaged. I think Rutgers averaged eleven point five points at at one point when they went on a four game losing streak. Um, that that don't give me much trust in. Rutgers in this game. Um, even an inexperienced quarterback, Miami still got some weapons out there at receiver and running back, and I think they do enough just to win this game. Um, give me Miami. What's what's the odds now? Is it even? It's actually even. It's it's a pretty well, even spread line on this. Let's one. just let's just do Miami straight up. Then I think Miami yeah. wins this game straight up. So yeah. Um, what I seen on it, it had Miami at like half a point favorite, but that pretty much means they're even, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, if you win by one, you cover. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that means that means it's even, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, no? it is. Uh, so, you know, Rutgers started <laughs> out really, really good. Actually, they started they out did. like five and zero. Oh. They wound up Didn't six and six. Well, and then they hit a little streak there where they just lost four in a row, and they just could yeah, they just couldn't yeah. figure it out. And, yeah, they did, you know. But I, but I wanted to give them some credit. They actually started the season out really well. Um, Rutgers did. did. And, and um, if you if you haven't watched them all year, though, they actually gave Michigan a better game than many thought they would. Like first half, it they was did. it was very it was very close up until the second half. So and they Michigan kind of just pulled you know, away. This Rutgers team. Plays good defense. That's a pretty much a staple of this team. They play good defense. Miami, you just never know what you're going to get with. Well, them. And they got a Kentucky, and they got a Kentucky kid playing quarterback for them, Gavin Winsap. So um, he's a Kentucky guy. Kentucky, I think, recruited him at one point. Um, he's a good little right. quarterback for for Rutgers. So yeah, and and of course Van Slyke's not there. He's transferred out. I don't know how many other transfers Miami has. I really don't know. Um, you know, you got Big Ten versus ACC. I think I'm going to take Miami in this game. But, man, I don't feel real good about taking Miami in any football game, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, just being truthful here. I, the the, the Pop-Tart. Bowl. Where they get where? I mean, some of these sponsors and names of these bowls anymore is ridiculous. But anyways, we got um, the Pop Tarts Bowl 
Got NC State versus Kansas State. Kansas State is a two and a half point favorite. I actually, um, I like Kansas State in this game. You know, this is going to be one of those, you know, hard nosed defensive battles, I think. Both of them play really good defense. Um, Kansas State's got a top 10 offense. They average, I think, 37 points a game. Um, Will Howard will not be playing in this game. He will be – he's in the transfer. Actually, he – if I'm not mistaken, didn't he transfer to Miami? I haven't heard where he where he wound up yet. I think it was Miami. I'm not – I can't remember. But, um, you know, NC State's got a good quarterback, Brian Armstrong. Um, I mean, this might be a trap because NC State has played really well the last, what, two or three games? And this is one the of those games. It's one of those games that, if I'm Kansas State, I better be prepared for because NC State's going to give you. They're not going to give you a lot of fancy stuff. They're not going to be flashy. They're just going to play hard nosed football. Um, they're going to play hard nosed defense. They're going to grind the clock out. Um, you're going. You're going to expect a a 60 minute, you know, grind it out down down the field type game and. And this is one of those games I think can can go that route. But if Kansas State gets on a roll and starts throwing the ball and moving the ball, I don't I don't think NC State really has much of a chance in this game because of their offense. Their offense can sometimes get um, stagnant at times. It can, but they've come on they come on the last five or four or five games. But here's what I want to say about NC State. NC State has 21 or 22 players in the transfer portal. Now, a lot of those are not first-teamers, but there is some backups that play that is in the portal, and I don't know mm -hmm. how many of them are going to play, if they've all, you know, if they're not, if they are. I really don't know, but I think that that could affect their defense because NC State is 9-3. and three. They finished third in the ACC, and I don't think a lot of people even know that. Um, that's what I told people. I told people this was it was it yesterday? I, I made a comment on Twitter. I said depth is going to be a big factor with a lot of these teams. There's not going to be a lot of depth, and a lot of guys that haven't played, they're going to have to jerk some of these red shirt freshmen out and play. Yeah. I, I mean, mean you're going to have to. to. Like I said, they've got 21 or 22 uh, people in the transfer portal. NC State does. I mean, that's they a do. big chunk of your team, right? There. That's a big, that's a big part of your team. Yes. That's a quarter of your team, 22, 22 players. They are a little bit over a quarter of your team, yeah. scholarship-wise. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's that's a huge chunk missing. So, you know, and Kansas State, you know, Will Howard, the quarterback, is gone. I don't know who <laughs> else has gone out of that. I don't really know. Um, I do know NC State because they're into fanboys. There's a guy that's an NC State guy. And that's the reason why I know their exact number. Uh, it's either 21 or 22 that they have out. But I'm going to go Kansas State in this game, I think, simply because I'm not even sure who NC State's quarterback is going to be. MJ, um, I think, hit the transfer portal, mm -hmm. who was the guy that come in and replaced uh, Brennan Armstrong. Mm -hmm. And – 
So I, I mean, I, I guess it might be Brennan Armstrong. I'm really not. Sure. I was, I was actually wrong on that. Will Howard did not. He, he was visiting Miami. He did not commit. He, I think he's visiting USC. I don't I think, think he, that he has committed. He's visiting. No, I don't think, I don't think he has. I know that he was high on Miami though. That was one of his schools. Yeah. So. All right, so and then this is the last game next Thursday, um, the last game of the day. This is the Alamo Bowl. This is this should be a pretty good one. Um, Arizona mm -hmm. is actually a three-point favorite over Oklahoma in this mm -hmm. one. Of course, Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel is gone and transferring. Um, they, um, I, I don't know if any of them is playing or not. But their entire starting offensive line hit the transfer portal. <laughs> I'm not making this up, guys. Oh, I know. It's their yeah. entire starting offensive line hit the transfer portal. And according to what I was told today, Looks like Jackson, they might be turning to Jackson Arnold for the to, to play quarterback for Oklahoma. So um it's pretty scary to, to strap up when you when you're when you have no idea who's gonna play offensive line. I mean, come on. I'm just, I'm just gonna say this though. Um we talked about Oklahoma. Um I just want to give a shout out to Jed Fish, um, what he's done with this Arizona team. Um, you know, a year ago, they, you know, they ended the year on a really good note, and they just kind of flipped that to, to, to this year, to the calendar year, to 2023-24. And he's got another good team coming next year. Um, he's a really good coach. He's a good recruiter. Um, they had really good quarterback play this year, I thought, um, with Noah Fafiti. I think that's how you say it, Fafata, Fafiti, something like that. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, man. But he, he he played really well as quarterback. You know, they upset a few teams. Um, and the, and they're uh, and they're 6-0 as an underdog this year. Um, they're actually finished third in the Pac-12. That's impressive. Um, Arizona did. I will, but I'm going to take Oklahoma just for the mere fact that, you know, Oklahoma seems like the, the most winning bet on this side. But I will say this, that the Alamo Doe – Alamo Doe. The Alamo Bowl game is always – there's always a thriller game in these type games, and I think this will be no different. Um, I think Oklahoma wins in a thriller. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma in the three points. I mean, John, Oklahoma's Oklahoma, and you want to say, oh, well, they can, you know, they can absorb all of that or whatever. But when you look at it, and you they, they literally – have about two or three players who are starters that hasn't hit the transfer portal on the entire offense. Well, and one of their main guys, Green, he, he's gone as well. One of their main top cogs. Like, I mean, it's so it's so hard. Like, I because Oklahoma, you would think, well, Oklahoma's going to be Oklahoma. But when you have to play, and I don't know if all of these guys are not playing. I mean, you can still opt to play and be in the transfer portal. So, 
you know, if if some of these guys are playing, then it could be a you know it could be a completely different game. But gosh, you know, here's what happened. So the offensive coordinator Levy took the Mississippi State job. So when Levy left, a lot of these guys hit the portal. Mm-hmm. So. And that's kind of what's happened, and they're going to have to like rebuild and and get somebody in there. And um, on offense, Oklahoma's not looking too great right now. Matter of fact, I got a friend, and I've been making some jokes with him that they're heading to the SEC with nobody with nobody on offense. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm going to take Arizona, and it's just because of all of this. And I'm probably going to be fooled. Half of them's probably going to play, and they're probably going to kick Arizona's hind end. So I don't know. I just know that it is crazy to think that they're basically their entire offense is in the transfer portal and gone. Yeah. All right, so that is 18 bowl games. John, you missed several of them. You kind of made some of the bigger ones. Do you want me to run through and you give a prediction real quick on these? No, you're you're all right. I'll just I'll just go. I'll just leave it at what I got. All right. I mean, you, you just tell me, in. You just tell me you just tell me the games and whatnot. Did you come in on uh, Kansas game? No. No, you come in on Louisville, didn't you? Yeah. Louisville UNC or Louisville USC? Yeah, that's the game I come in on. All right. So the Mayo Bowl is North Carolina and West Virginia, six and a half. Um, let's see here. They're both I think, I'm take, I think I'm gonna take West Virginia because um Drake May most likely will not play in this game. He's probably That's gonna go to the NFL. So so basically <laughs> give, give me um the Mountaineers. All right. All right. Then Virginia Tech and Tulane in the military bowl. Virginia Tech is a ten and a half point favorite. I, I don't know where this is. I don't know. I mean, Willie Fritz left, but they they hired you know um, John Sumrall, so you know I, they did lose a few players when when Fritz when Fritz left to go to Houston. I think this will be a very big game for Virginia Tech because it's it's sort of like a program builder to start the new year, start the next season. Um, you know, I felt like. Brent Pry, he he done what he could this year, but he he just he still struggled against ranked teams, and he didn't do really well against teams that were better than they were, and I think this will be the case. Um, I think that's where my upset pick. I, I this this um, spread is just too high for me. That's what even I picked though, even though Willie Fritz is gone, um, I'm not even sure if Pratt's going to Michael Pratt's going to play. Um, I'm, I've heard different things that he's going to jump in the portal from different yeah. things, so I don't, I don't really know. But I still think Tulane's got enough 
talent to beat uh, an average Virginia Tech team. So give me yeah. Tulane. Um, All right. And the guaranteed rate bowl is Kansas versus ULLV. Kansas is 12 and a half point favorite. I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a fun game because UNLV has, you know, they've only allowed, I think, 163 rushing yards. Um, but Kansas's offense is really good. So it's going to be one of those games where which one breaks first, the offense or the defense. And I think Kansas does. Um, I love what Barry Odom has done this year with this UNLV team. Um, he was my second pick for, you know, coach of the year um, right next to Eli Drinkwitz. So, but at the end of the day, I just think Kansas has too many, too many weapons and they win this game going away and they cover the spread. All right, man. That's all we'll catch up on. Um, some of them are kind of lower tier stuff. So, um, really and truthfully, I was going to let you kind of lead here with this because there's really not a ton of really good basketball games over the next four or five days. Um, on Sunday, I think there is just a few um, tournament mm -hmm. games. There's one of those holiday tournament things that's going on, but there's nobody real big in that one on Sunday. Monday and Tuesday, there are no games at all. Uh -uh. Um, and there's really not the biggest game that I know of um, is Arizona and, and Florida Atlantic on Saturday. And if you want to cover oh, that game and talk about yeah, that game, and um, if there's any other one, well, college basketball. you want me to go through the um, college basketball scoreboard for tonight? I mean, I, I thought about yeah, it. I mean, you can, yeah. If you got it up, you can, yeah. I got it up. Um, tonight, St. Thomas, Minnesota beat Wisconsin River Falls 104-51. I mean, St. Thomas is probably – they're just entering their Division One, But Minnesota beat Ball State 80-63. to Army beat UTSA 63-53. Miami beat Stonehill 97-59. Norfolk State beat South Dakota State 84-65. IUPUI beat Defiance 90 to 67. Um, Richmond beat Buffalo 72 66. I'm kind of just want to go through and give some of the, the bigger games, I guess. Um, UNC Wilmington wins on the road at Marshall 78 to 69. So UNC Wilmington continues to win after beating Kentucky. Um, hey, I, I we, need, I, we need to see UNC Wilmington keep. You know, keep winning. It's looks looks a lot better. Iona beat Colgate 85-65. That was a really big um win for Iona after the way they've struggled lately. Charleston beat St. Joe's tonight, 89 to 82. And this was not a bad game. I think Charleston was a quad two was a quad two game. Um St. Joe's had two or three chances to win it. And they just couldn't get the shots to fall. But this St. Joe's team is a really good team. They're going to be fun to watch in, in the Atlantic 10. Detroit has lost again, everybody. Um, they lose to Central Michigan, 75-63. Jeff Goodman made a quote the other night, said the Pistons and Detroit are combined owing something <laughs> since October. And I said, well, it looks like the Lions have broken the curse. Because the Lions <laughs> won 10 games. 
So yeah, yeah. from there, let's see here. Tennessee beats Tarleton State 65-46. Tennessee actually struggled in this game. They didn't play the best. Um, Purdue beats Jacksonville 100-57. Um, Michigan State beats Stony Brook 99-55. Cleveland State beat Western Michigan 90-77. TCU beats Old Dominion 111-87. Um, Syracuse beats Niagara. 83 to 71. Syracuse is putting together a really good team. Um, Audrey, Darnell Audrey, he's having a really good season this year with um, his first year at um, Syracuse. Nevada beats Temple 80 to 56. Um, trying to see down through here. Monmouth beat Manhattan 77 71. Arkansas beats. Um, Ain't that awful? Abilene Christian, 83-73. Um, Kentucky beats Louisville, 95-76. Kentucky started out kind of slow. Then Kentucky just absolutely put on a clinic offensively, like they have all year long when when they're in a, in a they're in a zone. And I'm gonna tell you something, folks. Um, did, I know this. Uh, they did in in the middle part of the game. The first ten minutes and the last ten minutes, it was a little boring. I thought the game. I'm gonna tell you because well, you're up big and, and you got a big lead, and it just kind of it kind of gets sloppy. But I'm gonna say this, and I know this is a college sports cast, and we we cover Kentucky and we cover a lot of players. But if you don't have, if you haven't watched Rob Dillingham play basketball. You need to watch the kid play basketball. He's he's yeah, NBA ready. Yeah. This, he's this special, Cal team, man. This Cal team is a team that I'm gonna be honest with you. They got the opportunity to go to another Final Four because they got the they don't have. Here's my take on it. John Rothstein brought out a good point on this tonight. He said they have a higher ceiling than they had when they lost to St. Peter's. In, in when they was a two seed, this team is a lot better than those teams, and they have a bigger and higher ceiling to, to go farther. And it's up to us and it's up to Calipari to make sure that happens and they don't get sidetracked. Um, yeah. on the other hand, there's games going on right now. LSU leads Lamar 45 26 at halftime, Massachusetts trails Georgia Tech at halftime 37 31. Um, San Diego State leads Stanford by two at halftime, 34-32. East Washington leads on the road at Washington, 40-39 to at halftime. Um, that would be a terrible loss for Washington after yeah. Gonzaga. I mean, that would not be I, – I, I hope they can pull that out, yeah. That would not be – be a really bad loss. But on, on to the Friday games, there's not a whole lot. Um, I was looking down through here. Nevada plays TCU. Nevada plays TCU tomorrow. That should be um, TC, Nevada. I think is ten and one. TCU's nine and one. I believe. Illinois um, and Missouri play. I think Illinois and Missouri plays. Yeah. And then you got um, where's it at? Uh, Maryland and UCLA. I'm going to tell you something. UCLA has been a team this year. I don't know really what's going on. Um, if Mick Cronin got something through the email that said, you know, collapse and please come to Louisville at the end of the year, 
<laughs> but something is not going right in UCLA land. They just don't have a really good team. Um, well, so I will say this about what's going on with Cronin and UCLA. They have seven freshmen and one new transfer. They have eight new players, okay, yeah. from last year's team. And seven yeah. of them are freshmen. And there's not too many teams like a Calipari who can get the top-notch freshmen and look like Kentucky does that can handle seven freshmen at one time. Well, and I and I kind of want to go off this. Um, uh, this is a shout-out to T3. Chicago State has won four games in a row <laughs> since 2008. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if they go into Wisconsin tomorrow night and they beat Wisconsin, you buy to get on the train, ladies and gentlemen, because they're still it, not buying. They're seven and nine. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It's, but but what you're saying was Saturday. Here's the Saturday games. There's, there's actually some really decent games Saturday. Rutgers plays Mississippi State on the road. Um, actually, no, that's in New Jersey. That's at the um, Prudential Center. So that's that's a neutral site game. Well, it might be where Rutgers plays, I'm thinking. But anyhow, Butler plays Providence. Providence coming off a big win against Marquette this yeah, week. Yeah, Butler and Providence is a um, good game. Ole Miss travels to Southern Miss. This will be a big game for Ole Miss on the road. Um, they can't afford to, to lose this game next to conference play coming because conference play is going to get tough for the Rebels. Even though they're ranked 25th, they're still – they're still kind of out there. You don't know really what to expect from them. Um, Seton Hall and Xavier play. Um, I think it's at the Census Center. That's a hard place to play. Seton Hall's coming off a win against UConn, which UConn, Marquette, and what's the other team? Um, the top three are Owen or Owen one in conference. Yeah, they all got beaten on that two nights. Which, which is crazy. Ford Atlantic plays Arizona. That's um if I'm not mistaken, that's in Las Vegas, the T Mobile Creighton, Center. It's a, Creighton is it's the a, other one uh, they got beat. Yeah, it's a uh it's a neutral site game for the Alabama game or for the Arizona game. Villanova goes to DePaul, which most likely you don't never know because Villanova is up and down. They did beat Creighton, but they did lose to Drexel and they lost to Penn and they lost to St. Joe's. So can I ask, can I ask you a question? Does does Alabama play the Lakers next? Because it seems like yeah. they're just playing everybody. <laughs> it seems like it it seems like it. It does. Um like they they played 22 um top 10 teams already, it seems like. They have. It seems crazy, doesn't it? Um Vanderbilt. I think they play the Lakers next. And Vanderbilt, tr listen, y'all. I love, <laughs> I love CBS. I love what y'all are doing. But why are you putting Vanderbilt on the road at Memphis on CBS at four o'clock for prime time? Oh, man, that's. A I mean, come on now. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to throw any shade at Stackhouse, but right now Vanderbilt is a mess, and it's it's a bad situation. Um, there was a a picture that was posted last night of the crowd before the game. And this used to be a proud basketball program at one point. Shane Foster, John Jenkins, um, you know, they, they had some really good teams that beat Kentucky, Florida, Alabama. They beat some really good teams in the SEC. I mean, Stackhouse beat us last year. 
He did. I mean, bad. it's just – and Memphis is a really good team, by the way. That's not to take away from Memphis. They got a good team. Um, and St. John's, Rick Bettino goes to Hartford to play UConn, which that will be – it's an 8 o'clock game. It's it's probably the only game, the big primetime game. It um, is. Saturday night. And UConn is without clinging. I'm going to say this, and we can get on to it to end the show, but when UConn does not have their big man, they look very beatable. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to UConn. The, was it last night? Um, against Seton Hall. It was last night. Was it last um, night or They just looked – they looked like they had never played a game of basketball. They never – they just – it was yeah. it looked like UConn from last year in November. Um it didn't look like the championship UConn team. Yeah. But as you as you recall, they done all that in November and then they went roughshod in the Big East tournament and the and they just compl- collapsed everybody. So yeah. I still think that they're they're a great team, but they're just a good team when they don't have Klingon because Klingon makes a difference for them in the middle. So hey, the Big East, the Big East is going to be a bear. So the Big year. East is going to be tough. I think the Big Twelve is going to be fun. I think. Yeah. I've told people the ACC is probably North Carolina and Duke and everybody else, which I know Clemson, but I don't think there's there's only a handful of teams though, Brad, that can actually play North Carolina style ball. I actually where think they, North Carolina might, might win the ACC, to be honest. And Duke, what I've seen so well, far. Well, when you look at Duke the other night, they beat Baylor, but Baylor's coming down to earth a little bit. They're not yeah. – they did that last year. Baylor has a tough time playing offense at times. Their D their D's great, but sometimes they just go for, for stretches where they just can't shoot. And, yeah. you know. But I just want to say one quick thing before we get off here. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas um, and a Happy New Year. And um, if you eat any pecan pie, please remember Brad Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Brad Harvey loves pecan pie. Um, He thinks it's the world's greatest, apparently, and which it is. It's good. I just want to say this on top of that. Kenny Payne, do the right thing. And if, if you don't get fired, step down. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Um, it's a bad situation. Um, you know, even though Kentucky whipped them really good tonight, there was a point in that game, Brad, and this ain't from a Kentucky perspective. This is from a Louisville's perspective. It was like the players weren't even listening to Kenny Payne. They was just doing their own thing. Well, that's what's been wrong the whole time. The, they don't have a leader. They don't have a leader. They don't have a leader. That's not – that was happening last year. That's the reason why it's they looked like they did last year. And I'm going to say on top of this, I would love to have a 30 for 30 behind the scenes of that Louisville team the last two years, what it's been like. I would love to see what was going on behind um, closed doors because I'm not saying it's all Kenny Payne's fault. I'm not saying it's all the players' fault. But there's something going on. I think it all started partly was when – when Flowers left, when he went to to the G League, I think yeah. that started the, the wildfire a little bit too. Um, because if they have what Flowers on this team, Louisville's got a decent team, and they have a decent team now. If they had a, if they had some coaching to go along with it, 
Well, but they've had guys out. I mean, even today, there's still two guys that are out. Yeah, J.J. Trainer, One guy and six. The, eight. The, Evans, the Evans kid and J.J. Trainer. Yeah. Um, which I don't think it would have made much of a difference, but at the same time. I'm just saying, I mean, they've had they've had guys out, you know, and then the whole Karan Davis thing. And, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, just been – It's just been – and then you had the, the big blue chance in the arena of the opposite team. Now, that was – that's embarrassing, folks. That – when a, when an opponent's – Fan base depends on how you look at it. <laughs> when it well to a Kentucky fan, it's fun, but to a, to a rival fan and a fan that I love, it's embarrassing because you have an a, opponent's rival come in and take over your arena. It makes you look like that you have no fans that actually care. And there's people in this um, program that do care. You look at Dykes tonight. Jimmy Dykes said something that really struck with me. He said, this is a big brand. This is a big brand in college basketball. And for it to be the way it is, is a disgrace. I mean, I agree with you. I've been saying that for a while. So, um, off my rant. All right. Um, so, we will be off until next Thursday, guys. It's a long time. It's a week away. But we've got Christmas. I've got a Christmas to go to after Christmas for a couple of days. So our next show will be next Thursday. However, I am going to announce that we're going to have James Bailey on with us for about 20 or 30 minutes to start the show um, next Thursday. And he is going to come on and we're going to preview the Gator Bowl. He does a Clemson Fun Fans podcast for the fanboys. And is um, goes to Clemson games, knows the program in and out, does a podcast. Oh, you mean, you mean to tell me you didn't you didn't get Jay? <laughs> no, no, didn't get Jay this time. I could just see you all going at each other's throats, man. Yeah, me and Jay. I don't. I think we would. James is a really good guy. Yeah. He is a um, high school principal, or um, he might even be. I think he's a high school principal. I believe. Um, and he's going to be on with us and we're going to talk and preview the Clemson and Kentucky and, and talk about it and preview the Gator Bowl. Now that won't be the whole show. It's only going to be about the first 25 or 30 minutes. And then we're going to, he's going to leave and we're going to kick off and do our well, game day. Next week, our game day symptoms will be, uh, on the, bowl games for like New Year's Six Bowl and the college football playoffs. So Jay, all, all joking aside, Jay is a cool guy. Jay's a good guy too. Jay's a fun guy. He's just he's just a Clemson fan. We can't help it. <laughs> and he tries everything in the world to get under my skin. He does me too. So I love him though. <laughs> but I will say this coming up, I know it's coming the 28th. Um, we're getting ready to hit Conference play. Um, SEC's getting ready to start. This is when the fun happens, y'all. This is when teams separate themselves a lot um, during yeah. college basketball. And and there's still some non-conference games coming up. Um, what are you going to do um, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday without no basketball? Like, are you really going to be able to live? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's going to be really strange. So. It's going to be tough, but man. We join us next Thursday. We're going to have a special show. 
It's going to be a whole lot to do with the big games of college football. We're going to preview the Gator Bowl. We've got a Clemson guy coming on with us. Again, his name is James Bailey with the Clemson Fun Fans podcast of the of the, the fanboys. So, and then we're going to talk about all the um, rest of the bowl games and the New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoff two bowl games. So there is going to be a lot to talk about. We'll probably throw in a little bit of college basketball games for the uh, for that weekend as well. You have a date for you have a date for New Year's. I don't know. I ain't figured that one out yet. <laughs> hadn't hadn't thought that far in advance. You gotta give you a hard time, man. <laughs> hadn't thought that far in advance, man. All right, guys. Oh, so we will see you guys on the twenty eighth. And this has been our game day pick'em for a lot of the mid bowls. So I appreciate you guys being with us. And everybody, everybody, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And we will see you after Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>